my gosh, in Czech culture, bread is everywhere. It is, you get it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, you name it. Our bodies are struggling, we are coping with more diseases and the way we are coping with it and uh, how our environment is affected, people are affected by their diets. They have a grandfather who baked his bread, a grandmother who was, was doing the sourdough process. But they consider it a poor man's life. They think it's poverty. Er was een bakdag bij bakkerij De Stoker in Bospolder Tussendijken in Rotterdam. Een dag waarop bezoekers van de tentoonstelling In Search of the Pluriverse samen konden komen bakken met kunstenaar en kok Asla Hatipoglu. Zij wil een zuurdesemrevolutie teweeg brengen, omdat ze denkt dat dat beter voor ons lichaam is en beter voor de wereld. If you buy a bread that is not fermented, in two hours you will feel hungry again. Daarnaast hebben de mannen van Het Huis van de Toekomst, waar we te gast zijn, ook een agenda. Hoe gaan we in de toekomst om met de beschikbare hoeveelheid energie? Kunnen we op dezelfde grote voet doorleven of toch niet? Our emotional energy is also an energy source uh, next to uh, the socket which gives you uh, electricity. Uh, but the fact that the abundance of uh, free, almost free um, energy from, from, from outside was always the, the engine to have this individual lifestyle. Hè, to, uh, to, that, that was our cork to drift on. De vraag stellen lijkt hem ook te beantwoorden. In ieder geval is het voer voor leuke en zoekende gesprekken over brood. Harde brood met niks op is al lekker. En daarnaast wordt het natuurlijk ook gewoon gebakken. We wachten voor het reizen. Als ze een beetje opreizen, dan gaan we pizza's maken en pita. En pita? Ja, dat is Engels. Die heb ik net geleerd. Broodjes. Engels en Nederlands lopen in deze aflevering dwars door elkaar heen. Ik ben Erik Woon. En ik ben Marjorie Nové. We beginnen bij het lichaam. Wat betekent dat dagelijks brood voor ons lichaam? En wat doet het eigenlijk in ons lichaam? En welke herinneringen aan brood hebben we in ons lichaam opgeslagen? Hallo. Oh, wat een trieste dag. Zo hé. Het regent nogal. Maar hier is het lekker warm bij de oven. Ja. Midden in de gemeenschappelijke tuin. Gaat goed? Uh, nou, hij, hij vat opeens vlam. Hij vertraagt iets door het natte weer. En dan uh, is hij nu iets te hard aan het branden, dus dan gaat hij een beetje roken. Terwijl Bart de oven op temperatuur probeert te krijgen, zitten alle gasbakkers samengepakt in het theekoepeltje een paar meter verderop. En terwijl het onverstoorbaar doorregent, begint Asle bij het begin. Hoe maak je een zuurdesemcultuur wakker uit de slaapstand? En belangrijker nog, hoe hou je hem aan de praat? See now it's um, quite active. I just fed it yesterday. Which feeding is uh, putting flour and water so uh, it has some food to digest. But uh, basically lactobacillus bacteria lives on the grain itself. So it's already present in the nature. It's the same like uh, 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 fruit already has the, the right yeast to be able to do the fermentation, but it needs the right condition to be able to ferment, which means eating the sugar and processing the sugar into alcohol, basically. So lactobacillus lives in the grain when it's processed, when it's mixed with the water and flour. Just normal flour, water, you mix it, you make a dough. 
uh, you usually it can leave it for a couple of days, it will get uh, fermented slowly. Um, yeah, but when you start a new starter, that means that uh, you have, uh, you're, you're starting with a very vulnerable state. So you're like, okay, here is water your resource, but then the bacteria itself needs to fight with other things that's in the air. So if this relationship doesn't go like the pathogenic bacteria takes over, you will fail your sourdough. So what people do sometimes is to add either like um, uh, whey in it, which is uh, the byproduct of yogurt making. So when you hang up the yogurt, there is this liquid that comes out and that has a, a lactic acid bacteria in it. So when you add a bit into this uh, flour and water, it hel helps to kickstart the... Beca yeah, because it helps to protect it while it's doing its job. Kijk, zo meten en benen wijd en laat vallen. Buiten hakt Raïs het hout. Nog één keer slaan, dan is hij helemaal kapot. Samen met zijn vader David woont hij aan de binnentuin. Papa. Oh, papa die wil ook even stoer doen. Nee, nou, David, laat het even zien aan je zoon. Kijk hier. Je hoeft niet veel kracht te zetten. Kijk hier. Kijk. Omhoog, alles komt naar beneden. Kijk, door daar het kracht. Kijk. Kijk. Wat vind je naast houthakken leuk om te doen? Pensen is de leukste, vind ik. En daarna komt hout. Broodjes eten? Ja, dat is waar we dat waar we eten lijst. Broodjes eten. Met Kaas vind ik ook lekker. Brood met kaas. Dat vind ik ook lekker. Ik hou ook en in de ochtend hou ik van om melk te drinken. Ja, dan moet ik eerst water drinken. Je moet eerst water drinken. Ja, maar het is de beste. Het is de beste voor je zoon. Water is de allerbeste drinken wat er is. Ja. Dat. En vind je het ook lekker? Water heeft gesmaak, dus ik kan niet kiezen of het lekker is. Ja, dat is wel gezond. Ja, als het de smaak komt, zou ik het zeker lekker vinden. <laughs> We gaan weer even terug naar het lichaam. Over hoe ons lichaam samenwerkt met bacteriën en hoe maag en darmen weer verbonden zijn met ons brein. Alles hangt weer eens met alles samen. Wat gebeurt als we eet bread en het komt in onze bodies? Because our bodies, you could look at our bodies also as an economy. You know, things go in, we need things, it has value. Things come out, we, we need it to perform. Yeah. So what goes on when we eat bread? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a, um, a deep history interrelated with bread. And um, I've been actually studying about um, um, how bread also has changed in, in different countries or how people adapted uh, uh, different ways of dealing with dough, basically. I was mainly interested in ancestral ways of processing uh, breads uh, and, the, and the type of wheats that are used and how those wheats are changing in today's time because we are talking about a lot of uh, genetically modified wheat which is affecting also our health at the moment. And um, I've been uh, quite curious also into researching um, the causes of diabetes or diseases that are... Um, how it works and how it functions in the body. So I started to go into fermentation. 
And I uh, found out that it again goes back into time, the time that is used in the processing of uh, wheat and the, the way the fermentation allows certain uh, things to happen in the, in the dough. And it, it, it's the same bacteria that lives also in cheese and yogurt, for instance. And when it has the right condition, it actually helps to break down certain things that, for instance, our body cannot uh, digest when it is um, in its pure form for instance um, when it when the dough sits uh, over the counter for a few hours what happens is the for instance the the structure of the carb molecules change so it uh, is processed into organic acids and in this process it also changes the glycemic index of the bread which uh, basically is how the sugar enters to the bloodstream when you um, uh, eat wheat and that uh, spike in the sugar levels is uh, what in the end causes also diabetes over a certain amount of time because our bodies uh, don't uh, are, are is trying to cope up with something that um, we were not used to back in the time. So our bodies uh, couldn't accustomed to this type of eating uh, um, in the, the past generation. So you see that uh, how the body responds to uh, to fermented versus non-fermented bread. The fermentation, again, comes back to this topic of uh, how do we um, get in the minerals and how our our um, bodies function with such things as basic as, as bread. Um, for instance, the minerals that are uh, in the whole wheat it can only be absorbed by the body uh, if it's if the phytase is broken down. The phytic acid is already present in the grain, and through the fermentation, the phytic acid uh, breaks down, uh, and uh, then the minerals can actually be absorbed by the body. So when you actually allow fermentation to happen, you actually take the right nutrition out of the bread. So then you actually get the energy that you need out of the bread. But if you eat um, a bread that is not fermented and uh, uh, the process of breaking down these bigger components it doesn't have the time. Because that's what fermentation is, Oslo. Because yeah. no, nobody, breaking not everybody knows the, it. That that's, yeah. that's breaking down breaking, certain elements. Yes, breaking down and being able to absorb the nutrition out of the food. So the bacteria kind of does the job for us. It does allow uh, everything to be broken down. And also it, it comes back to this topic of food security as well because uh, back in the times, fermentation was also uh, used, uh, for instance, soaking grains in uh, contaminated water in order to purify the water to be able to drink it because uh, the lactic acid bacteria actually eliminates a lot of toxins also in the water. I go from feeding. Best medicine what there is, begin with good feeding. And how is that in this time with all these rising prices and... Uh... Voeding die steeds duurder wordt. En ik heb mijn zus pas horen zeggen. Het is een bekende fenomeen. Maar wat gezond is, is duur. En wat slecht is, is goedkoop. Als je naar groenten gaat kijken en je kijkt chips en dit, prik, allemaal. Kijk, die, die prijs van water heeft die prijs van limonade al ingehaald. Het zou andersom moeten zijn. Ik uh, plant, ik heb een moestuin. Ja, je rond, werkt ook uh, op een voedseltuin. Kijk, en dan kunnen mensen dan uh, kunnen wat komen halen? Ja, komen halen. Tuinenbonen, kapseinen, doppertjes. Uh. En zijn er veel mensen die daar naartoe komen om 
wat te halen? Niet veel, maar wel. Ja, want niet iedereen echt waar dan gezonde dingen. Kijk, mijn vriendinnen bijvoorbeeld, dat ik goede dingen uit de tuin kom, ze zitten slaken, weet je. Om weet een tijd. Weet je. Mensen willen dingen schoon en mooi. Ik zeg, wij zijn allemaal beesten. Weet je hoeveel beesten in ons zitten? How do we actually use our body also as a, as also a metaphor? You know, what we eat goes back into the nature, the nature goes back into our body, so we have a circular system with the nature. And so how do we um, bring back this um, through the... My work is about how do we bring these uh, fermentation practices through social projects to be able to make people more aware of it also, like what we're eating, and how do we tackle these issues together? And to create the circular economy of uh, also, it, you know, bread economy also comes with sharing economy or getting to know other uh, other people. And how do we create this? Um, Does it also have to do because mix. what you basically say is, okay, when you start the, the process of fermentation already outside the body, namely mm -hmm. in the dough, with the same bacteria are active that are active inside our bodies, mm -hmm. um, the food will be better um, absorbed. Yeah. By the body and 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 um, yeah. transformed into energy that we need. Yeah, because um, I mean it is like um, if you look in the chemistry way into the bread, the phytic the the phytic acid breaks down, the pH lowers down, and this also delays the stomach emptying. So actually, if you buy a bread that is not fermented, in two hours you'll feel hungry again. Because you don't get the uh, right nutrition into your body, and your body even has more difficulty to, to break it down because your blood sugar spikes up so to be able to break it down. So it also has to, to do with fast and slow. Yes. Yeah. Can you say something about that idea of fast food, so to say, and slower food? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's oh, it comes back actually about uh, into into the subject of time again, and uh, in a you know through the industrialization we wanted to make everything as fast as possible, the basic things, so that we can continue uh, working and that we have everything available at any time. But this has caused us to actually look at back at our way of eating now because our bodies are struggling we're coping with more diseases and the way we are coping with it and uh, how our environment is affected and people are affected by their diets and there's a lot of scientific research being made about the connection between the stomach and the minds and mental health also which I'm super interested at the moment the causes and psychological factors also in the mental health and it one part of that also is about the nutritions in your body and how your stomach uh, affects the way you think uh, how it affects your emotions um, besides the environmental and other factors um, But that is also one part, and I find it also very important. Um, so everything is also connected. Yeah. Emotions yeah. and how we feel and how we act is connected to what we eat. De bakkers van vandaag komen overal en nergens vandaan. We vragen Lisa, Adela en Jasper naar hun relatie met brood en de plek waar dat brood gebakken wordt. I, I grew up in Germany in um, 
in a in a bakery. My grandfather was a baker, and we lived above the bakery. Um, and uh, but when I was like three years old, they closed the bakery because he retired. And in Germany, of course, there's really different bread than here in the Netherlands. So that's been like one of the most important things for me to you know to relate back to for my home country. Is this mm. like I don't feel like I'm home when I don't have the bread that uh, I like. Lisa, my name is Lisa. <coughs> I come from the south of France. I've been eating some kind of different bread than here um, for about every meals, like uh, breakfast and every that accompanies every other dish. Um, and I feel like this, since I've been here, it's been quite different. I don't. I've seen that um, for lunch or uh, every quick meal that. Dutch people use uh, some kind of different bread, more softer and full of more air, I'd say. Like, it's kind of not, not the same, not feeling, not as feeling as the one I'm used to. But yeah. Can you describe the bread that you miss so much? I mean, maybe the crust, which adds a lot of, I don't know, dimension and flavor. My name's Adela. I'm from the Czech Republic. Um, grew up in Prague for most of my life and um, my gosh in Czech culture bread is everywhere it is you get it for breakfast lunch dinner snacks you name it um, it's uh, as we'll hear later on it's very similar to German bread I guess you could say I don't know which one came first uh, I guess that's a debate for another day um, but it's uh, it's an oval shaped bread um, which is quite soft in the middle And um, I just really associate it, for example, with my grandparents, my grandfather. He had barely any teeth, so uh, he would take the slice of bread, put some butter on top, jam, and slice it into these small little cubes that he would just eat. And it's nice and chewy on the inside. And um, Would he throw away the crust? Absolutely not. No. He wouldn't? No, absolutely. He wouldn't eat the crust? You would eat the crust, yeah. Food is culture, huh? Food is identity. We zijn weer in de buurt van de oven waar Aisje het deeg aan het kneden is. Aisje komt uit Bospolder Tussendijken en is samen met Bart de motor van de bakkerij. Aisje groeide deels op in Nederland en deels in Turkije en weet ongelooflijk veel over brood, bakken en de cultuur daaromheen. Zo, de broodjes zijn gereed, Aisje. Ja. ja, we wachten voor het reizen. Als ze een beetje opreizen, dan gaan we pizza's maken en pita. En pita? Ja. Dat is Engels. Die heb ik net geleerd. Broodjes. Eigenlijk wij zeggen broodjes, kleine broodjes. Ja. Is het leuk om elke keer weer wat anders te, te maken? Ja, ja. De sfeer is elke keer anders. De brood is altijd hetzelfde, maar de sfeer is elke keer anders. En dat is het mooiheid van het hier. En hoe is de sfeer vandaag? Het regenen. Niet zo mooi, maar het komt. Ik wil hopen dat het na het regen komt zon, denk ik. Jij bent hier binnen bezig? Ja, normaal zijn we altijd buiten. Maar omdat nu... Heel het is een soort binnentuin is het, hè? Ja, ja. Nu heel erg regent, zijn we binnen. En normaal doe je dit buiten eigenlijk? Ja, ja, met Bart en bij de oven, met de vrouwen en zo. Met de vrouwen en mannen maakt niks uit, maar lekker bij de oven. Is nog prettiger en fijner. De oven is onderdeel van Huis van de Toekomst. Melle Smets doet onderzoek naar energie en vooral naar de transitie waar deze buurt aan begonnen is. Van het gas af, van fossiel naar duurzaam. Maar wat betekent dat voor de buurt en ook voor de vele commerciële bakkers hier? Blijft het brood bijvoorbeeld betaalbaar? Uh, 
the approach we have here is from from the energy perspective. Eh? So looking at society from an energy perspective, and um, and then we 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 have a very broad sense of that. So uh, our emotional energy is also an energy source uh, next to uh, the socket which gives you uh, electricity. Uh, but the fact that the abundance of uh, free, almost free um, energy from 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 outside, was always the the engine to have this individual lifestyle. Eh, to uh, to that that was our cork to drift on, and now that becomes uh, not so um, uh, obvious anymore that this will uh, last forever. Uh, then the first cracks of of this whole idea ideal start to pop up. And in this neighborhood, especially, the cracks were already there for a long time already, but now they become really apparent eh? because because people didn't have a cork to drift on. Um. Because this is also a neighborhood, and that's why you also, you know, decided to land here to 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 sort of set up camp here, is that this neighborhood needs to go off the gas. It has a big there's a big transition going on. Um, if we still keep it on on the bread topic what what does that energy transition for instance mean for the bakers that because there are a lot of bakers in this neighborhood yeah. what does it mean for them because yeah. they use a lot of energy and they provide the neighborhood with with bread which is a very basic yeah. ingredient to the people's diets yeah yeah so the, the we we did our first round i think already 2 years ago where we start to you know go from door to door and also with the bakers and and what we learned, well, the first thing they told us that first of all they didn't know about this transition, that was like all new new information, that was that was weird. And then uh, talking with them, like you know, asking, well, are you willing to to you know to to go off the grid, off the um, the gas grid, and into electricity? Then they said, well, it, for them it was impossible uh, because. All the um, the ovens they have, you know, they they have to last for twenty years at least eh, to uh, to, uh, to pay them off. Yeah, to pay them off. And then the way they bake the bread is with the gas ovens, which is more wet wet in a way, like like the the gas uh, fire is more wet. Yeah, than so the more wet wet heat. Yeah, so so the bread will dry out and it will not be nice to consume anymore. So for the taste, it's also not good. And then. Um, the fact that they also want to, and that that is somehow also interesting, that they want to keep the price of the bread on on one euro, whatever happens, uh, that's like a, a you know a psychological border that you shoot off a bread for an affordable price, and that means they. And what kind of bread are we talking? Is it one of those Turkish flat breads? Yeah, that the, we talk the flat about? breads. Yeah. The eerste pizzas gaan de oven in. Pakken Bart en bewoner Jawad. De eerste pizza zit erin. Ja, dit is even spannend, want hij is heel heet. We hebben veel gepraat, dus uh, hij is extra heet doorgestookt. Ja. Dus je moet hem goed in de gaten houden. Ja, en helemaal aan de zijkant. Oh ja, ik zie het. Ik leg hem even iets verder. Maar helemaal aan de deuren wordt hij al gehaard. Dus dat is. Uh... Even look. Of het je zonder fles of met de fles? Allemaal zonder fles. Ziet het er goed uit? Ja, ja, ja. Of heb je liever met vlees? Ja, maar ik heb het Turkisch, want die blijven gewoon een andere zijn. 
Maar ik heb heel ervaren zijn, want die dames zijn actief. Het is meer Italiaanse pizza, dit. Ja, Italiaanse, maar die dames zijn andere. We hebben Turkische die andere dus wij gebruik maken in de bakkerij. Wat zit er op een Turkse pizza allemaal? We hebben gehakt. Gewoon een gak, ja, om ook een beetje groen te zijn, anders bij zijn, om te makkelijker zijn. Ja, het, wordt, het wordt een soort rolletje, toch? Ja, ja. gewoon verkopen allemaal die pizza, Turkische pizza, en gewoon met de salade ook bij zijn. Mooi, mooi. Brood eigenlijk als middel voor uh, sociale verbinding, daar, dat is voor mij heel erg belangrijk. Er zijn vandaag ook gastbakkers met ambitie. Aan het woord Helene S. Huis. Dus daar ben ik op zoek naar om te kijken hoe gaat het in Rotterdam en hoe kan ik dat meenemen naar het oosten van Nederland. Haha, een beetje afkijken. Een beetje afkijken. Nou, kunst afkijken. Vooral het inspiratie opdoen. Ja. Want wat zou je het liefste willen dan in het oosten van Nederland? Ja, een bakkerij in het bos. Want ik ben bezig met bos aanplant. Want we hebben meer bos nodig, dus mijn stichting heet Bos Nodig. En daar ga ik ook een bakkerij beginnen. Dus bakkerij in het bos. Dus we gaan ook wintergraan en zomergraan zaaien en oogsten. En daar brood van bakken. En nee, nogmaals, die sociale verbinding vind ik heel erg belangrijk. En hoe zou je die voor elkaar willen krijgen in het bos? Ja, nou ja, vooral om mensen uit te nodigen om te komen kijken. En om ervaringen op te doen. En met elkaar gewoon uh, ja, het delen en uh, kijken of, uh, of je een lekker broodje uit uh, kan halen. Toch nog even terug naar de bakkerijen in de buurt. De broodprijs en de rol van suiker daarin. It's one euro for bread. So what happened is that for example in the ingredients they started to use uh, a lot of sugar. I think one fifth of the bread is now sugar. Because uh, it's, well, it, it's a cheap uh, resource. And it also speeds up the, the, the process eh, of baking bread. So, so it's in that way too economical. The yeast is more um, active with more sugar. So yeah, it, it, it gets it, more fluffy. Yeah, well, and it, it goes faster. Yeah, it, so it what happens faster. there basically is that the yeast breaks down the sugar and creates the air bubbles. That's why the bread is very airy and more spongy. It means that the, the yeast that is supposed to break down the actual sugars in the wheat is eliminated because the yeast goes for the straight sugar oh, there. Wow. To keep the bread to one euro also means that the, that the, if you want to, for instance, change that into sourdough, these guys would have to do the whole process from the night before, and then they would have to count on the weather and the temperature and figure that out. And all. So it becomes a whole new system of adaptation. And a lot of people who are already used to certain ways of doing things, it's too hard for them. So I do see, for instance, younger generation more capable to understand and to, to help uh, you know, their parents to, to, to make this change slowly. Niet zout genoeg? Nee. Ze zegt veel, maar ik zeg nee. Ik kan nog meer. Jij houdt van zout? Nee, nee, ik, eet, ik heb hoge bloeddruk. Ik eet niet zout en voor mij was het te weinig. Daarom moet het meer. To me, the, 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 the most interesting part of these conversations is how this is also mirrored in policy. Aan het woord Klaas Burger, die samen met Melle vormgeeft aan Huis van de Toekomst. Klaas houdt zich vooral bezig met de relatie tussen overheid en buurtbewoner en de vele hiccups en misverstanden die onlosmakelijk onderdeel zijn van die relatie. Why sugar, adding sugar makes the bread cheaper? Because 
then it takes less labor to make the bread. And in the Netherlands, there is tax on labor. So it's just a matter of taxes. That's why sourdough bread is expensive because it takes more time and you have to pay for this time. Time is money. And this is also why this neighborhood is so interesting related to this energy transition because from outside it's considered a poor neighborhood. The average income is 15,000 euros a year. It's someone entering. Hello. Welkom. Ja, kom binnen, kom binnen, kom binnen. Van harte welkom. Ja, maar het regent. Dus wacht in elk geval hier even tot het droog wordt. Oké. Okay. <laughs> is goed. Hoi. So, so from outside, this neighborhood is considered a poor neighborhood. And, and many people here rent their homes. They are not owner of the place they live in. And they live the life that you have to live when you have to spend uh, 1250 euros. It's minimum wage. Uh, you have to listen to other people. You have to, you have you have to oh, the access. Of people are struggling with access to education, with access to rights and obligations in the, in Dutch society. So this means people are listening what they are told, because that's the easiest way to live your life. So then one euro bread is the way you live. So then diabetes is just part of your life. That's that's exactly what is the biggest struggle also in these conversations because how to have this conversation in such a, such a way that just these people entering feel welcome to participate and to be part of this conversation and when we succeed in this idea to to have this conversation together with them then you suddenly find out that they all have this basic knowledge because white people's life is that this pre-industrial life is two or three generations uh, in, in, in a way it's 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 a far history but people living here most of them having a a, a background in migration is immigration they have a grandfather who baked his bread a grandmother who was was doing the sourdough process but they consider it a poor man's life. They think it's poverty. So there is this kind of fucked up understanding in the hierarchy in our society that makes sustainable sustainability a concept of poverty. From the when when you perceive it from 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 the viewing point of our neighbor of of our neighbors from from our perspective right here. So how to build new frames so that people don't have to end up in this left-wing, highly uh, educated uh, um, uh, position to finally understand what is sustainable life. When, it, when this conversation is elitist conversation, then it makes no sense. So how to make this conversation an inclusive one? Niet ben ik groot, grote studieën mensen zijn. En begon ik niet bij elkaar helpen. Begon ik apartheid doen? Nee. Moet samen gaan zijn. Samenleven. Dit is belangrijk. Ja, dat, ik vind dat, dat uh, het samen doen en het, het geduld hebben, ja. dat, daar hamer je altijd op. En je zegt elke keer weer 
geduld en het groeit en het groeit. Nou, we hebben gezien, het groeit en het groeit. Het vertrouwen groeit hier aan de oven. En, en hè, nu ben je bezig met, met de straat schoon. Ja, ik mag je dat niet zeggen in de, in de energietransitie, maar het, is, het werkt als een olievlek. Ja. <laughs> het werkt eigenlijk, ja, hoe moet je dat zeggen? Hè? Maar Jawat is dan ook belangrijk voor de buurt, begrijp ik. Uh, Jawat is... Jawat gelooft in ieder geval in de olievlek en heeft geduld. En dat, dat is... Omdat ik heb veel ervaren, omdat... Ik heb veel ervaring van de samenleving. Ik heb psycholoog geleerd. En veel mensen hebben gezien hier. Toen ik weet dat die psychologen ene zijn waar we een christelijke gemeenschap en moslimen gemeenschap. Die moet samen met elkaar behoorlijk zijn. Me, solidarity is, is the most hopeful perspective we have yeah. because when you take into account, for example, the, the, the strategies of big oil, then and when then the, the in 2100, uh, recent research showed uh, when you when when all these companies will do their actual strategies, then the the earth will be warmer six degrees. It's much 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 more. It's it's four times more than the than the Paris Agreement. So yes, our world is collapsing, and the only thing we have left then—it's—it's it's these images you saw from Ukraine. It's people co cooking on fire. That's the future, and yes, you can also think about about Kevin Costner and Waterworld. But also, that's yeah. That's is that a dystopic future, or is it, is that a hopeful future? Uh, the hopeful thing is is that there is this knowledge about sourdough, about being together, about sharing stories. And of course, you know, it's it's a bad dream or it's a beautiful dream. The dreams, uh, you can call it a nightmare. But the, the, the thing we can do is take responsibility together with the people we share our bread with and build small communities to work towards this future and make it a more just and more sustainable world than the one we are in we are living in now. And that's a hopeful story. En zo werd deze grijze, natte dag toch ook een warme dag rond de oven van Bakkerij de Eenvoud en Huis van de Toekomst in de Rotterdamse buurt Bospolder Tussendijken. Met veel dank aan Asselen, Klaas, Melle, Aisje, Bart, Raïs, David, Jawad, Jasper, Adella, Lisa, Helene en alle andere bakkersbewoners die er wel waren, maar niet aan het woord zijn gekomen. Ik dacht dat het lemon was, maar het is eigenlijk een Yellow zucchini. But very delicious. Dank ook aan Sophie Krier, die samen met mij In Search of the Pluriverse maakt. En Majori Noé voor het medemaken en editen van dit verhaal. To be honest, for me it just feels tastes like a super good pizza. I don't taste that it's sourdough. Mm-hmm. En tenslotte het nieuwe instituut voor het mogelijk maken van deze co-productie met Radio Eenvoud.